seriously popular. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In today's episode... Has Mo Salah become Liverpool's Premier League best? Is Raya Arteta's Achilles heel? And should deserve he start parking the bus? I'm Chris Sutton. And I'm Dominic King. And it's all kicking off. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's All Kicking Off with me, Dominic King, standing in for Ian Ladyman. I'm delighted to say Chris Sutton is here beside me to look back on what was another fantastic weekend of action. But before all that, on Saturday we lost one of the game's greats. And there isn't a day goes past when somebody, somebody wants to know about the World Cup. So I'm really pleased to tell them when they ask. It is, uh, it's, it is such an achievement. football's greatest player and English football's greatest ambassador, more importantly a champion on the pitch and off the pitch. You've got to take a chance. If you don't shoot, you definitely won't score. So never be afraid to shoot and never be afraid to miss. He's more Bob. He's always been more Bob. He's always been my younger brother. When we were kids, he used to go to the park and play. I would go home for dinner and he'd stay on all day. He loved his football and he's never, he's never, he's never put it at risk in any way, shape or form. Bobby Charm is the greatest player I've ever seen. And your brother. Very poignant, Chris. Very poignant weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on Sir Bobby? Um, yeah, I mean, you you just, it tells us everything, the outpouring of uh, tributes from around the world of, of, of football, you know, um, about Sir Bobby. Uh, I mean, my sort of um, recollection or, or thoughts of him were uh, how, how cleanly he struck a football. Yeah. I know the game has sort of evolved now, mm-hmm. but I still, I, I, I can't think of a player who sort of, you know, in, the, in the modern day, who could strike a, a football yeah. so purely when he hit a ball, it it stayed hit. So while the game has has evolved, yeah. he's the cleanest striker of a football I've ever seen. Do you know? I I think of him. Um, obviously, I only saw TV footage of him, but um, 
to me as a little boy looking at the uh, eclipse, he was he was like Superman. When he when he mm-hmm. kicked the ball, he seemed to stay in the air. He seemed to fly through the air. This you can sort of see his body shape and the, how, how straight his legs were with the power that he put through the ball. Mm-hmm. But um, I was fortunate enough to meet him once um, when I was working at the Manchester Evening News. Um, we spent 15, 20 minutes with him talking before the, the World Cup in two thousand and two, and it was a story about Roy Keane wasn't uh, pulling out of the Ireland training camp. Um, and the way Sir Bobby spoke about him, he, he used the word, he said, a catastrophe. It'd be a catastrophe if Roy never plays in the World Cup. And you could see the meaning that he mm-hmm. that he wanted the player of, of Roy's ability to, to play on that stage. And But just being in his, his, his presence, uh, the, the, the sort of was a hush came into the room when he, when he, when he arrived and everybody, the, the respect immediately that he had, that he was just an incredible, incredible man. And the, the, what he had for the influence on, on Manchester United, you can see with the book of condolence that's been opened at Old Trafford and the piece that Ian Herbert wrote on it today, that, that book, they'll be able to fill countless books. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a sad loss. One thing one thing I would say is, um, you know, Sir Bobby, um, like a lot of ex-players, was struck down with, with dementia. And it's, it's probably worth just... Um, Reiterating, my dad died, um, you know, in 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 a similar way, um, and I, I still think that football could do far more than it's actually mm. doing with the with the current duty of care for players. Simple things like uh, you know changing the uh, the concussion subs to temporary concussion subs, where players have a have a better duty of care. I think it was the other week Pep Guardiola talking about uh, the number of games and that being an issue mm. for players. Well, do you know what? So is brain injury. Uh, it's it's another number. England's greatest ever player, you know, was suffering from dementia at the end, and it's something we, you know, we, it, it, this will carry on as something we, you know, should take far more seriously, or the game of football should. Absolutely, absolutely. Sir Bobby Charlton, who died at the age of eighty-six on Saturday. Chris, speaking of great goal scorers, which Sir Bobby was, I'm going to take us into the Merseyside derby and talk about another one, Mohamed Salah who I think has put himself in the conversation to be regarded as, as Liverpool's best of the Premier League era. Yeah, I noticed you say Premier League era. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's one hell of a debate if you go back, because there was football pre-Premier League. There was. But uh, if, yeah, if, if, if you went back, he'd probably still be in the conversation, but I think there are the likes of Doug Leash who would be, who would be ahead of him. But go on, give us your Premier League era one. Right, well, he's, he's Stephen Gerrard is, is the one that... The fact that I'm even having this debate shows mm. what Salah's done in seven years um, I mean, Stephen Gerrard was the second best player to leave Cardinal Heenan football uh, Cardinal Heenan high school <laughs> I don't want to say who the first was but he's sitting opposite you right now um, <laughs> um, no, Steve, Stephen carried the club for uh, a number of years um, played 710 games won nearly everything apart from the Premier League Salah since he's come in I just think has been extraordinary it's durability um, I worked out that there's been 237 games, Premier League games, since he signed. He's played 227 of them. That is incredible. But mm. then there's the goals. He scored 194. So, just looking at this now. Ian Rush, 346. Roger Hunt, 285. Gordon Hodgson, 241. Billy Little, 228. Now, going back to Sir Bobby Charlton, he was a mythical figure. The, the top four in, in, in that list... They're all mythical figures in terms mm. of Liverpool's history. And the fact that, again, that I'm even putting Salah into this conversation just shows how remarkable he's been. 
Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with any of that. I think that uh, that's the, nice to know. The, the, no, well, no, you know, he's been a phenomenal player. I mean, you know, Liverpool far better than me. Um, you know, the sort of comparison with Gerard. Gerard never won a, a Champions League, the great player which he was for Liverpool. But I mean, Salah's been such a. Oh, sorry, a, a Premier League. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. thanks for thanks for correcting. I know he didn't win one of them. Even I won a Premier League. Oh, did uh, you, so you, you, don't, you don't like to talk yeah, about that, though, do you? No, I don't. No, but uh, but but just to be in that com- well, not to be in that conversation. But I think that that would be very difficult to argue that Mo Salah in the Premier League era wasn't Liverpool's greatest ever player. Right? Do you think he gets the recognition that that he deserves? Because I, I don't. I think so. Wait, well, no, well see, go, I don't. go on. I don't. I think he's one of those players that um, the fans of other clubs really don't like. And I'm going to make a comparison. Well, that's, that's because he's quite good. Yes, yes. But, all oh, right. Well, Erling Haaland last year, incredible. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible numbers. Record breaking, history making. But he's, I think there's more respect from fans of other teams for Haaland than I think there is for Salah. I don't know. I don't know who you're mixing with. I think, I think most people I know, you know, to speak about Mo Salah in glowing terms, uh, just because Erling Haaland has had a better first season. I mean, is that are you no, miffed? I, uh, are you are you miffed by that? Why no. can't why can't we just be happy for yes, both? Yes, well, we should be able to be happy for both. But well, who are you who, well, you? who are you talking about? So you think other? Other rival fans just yeah yeah I I, 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 I just don't I just don't think I just don't think people recognise that we're actually watching a true great a genuine world class see I don't right I don't think he gets spoken about the way Ronaldo would have done here when Ronaldo was really like a a starburst um, I don't think he does I don't know about that I mean look I mean Erling Haaland has, has come in and and done what I don't think. Any player's ever done scoring more than fifty goals in a you know in a season? You're probably going to reel off a few names of players who have back in the day. No. But um, but no. So Erling Haaland was extraordinary. But Salah, in his own right, mm. um, where I live, the farming community, we we all take our hats off to him and bow down to Mo Salah. Well, he's a killer, though, isn't he? You've played with killers like Shearer and Larson. I mean, it, well, Salah, they've, they've played with me as well. They, yeah, yeah, they often talk about that. <laughs> Interesting, you didn't go the other way around, but that's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in in so Salah didn't have his best game on Saturday, mm-hmm. but he scored. Like yeah. you always, like you turn up at Anfield now and you just expect him to score. The sort of the the influence that has on a team, the comfort that gives you, you know, yeah. when someone's yeah. right at the peak. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you're absolutely right, and that's what that's where. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, you know, he has taken Liverpool to another level. You've spoken about his number, you know, the number of games he's played, the goals he scored season after season. He is he is so reliable and, you know, standing in a tunnel, when I used to stand in the tunnel next to Shearer, next to Larson, players of, of that ilk, you, you, just, you just know in the big moments, mm. um, you know, when the opportunities come along that, that, that these players have that reliability it's, it's more than reliability it's sort of you know that that ruthlessness and, and Salah is you know every bit as ruthless yeah. as as any player I think the Premier League has ever seen maybe not quite Erling Haaland though <laughs> the fanatics though aren't they in, 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 in terms of, I think you look at Salah the, the body shape that he's got Mm-hmm. The, how, how fit he is I mean I know the sort of lengths that he goes to like going for swims at 2 o'clock in the morning in the ice baths when he, when he gets back from does he? yes he does yeah when, so if they played um, uh, a game 
um, a night game in the back. They come back to Liverpool's training ground in Kirby. He go, he'll go and have a swim. But and other players his, must do that as well. Yeah, I mean, he, even, but, but even he's had that influence. Yeah, I know that he had a, the influence on Jordan Henderson in terms of um, looking after yourself, trying to pre- maximise every single yeah. second. I mean. I know it's no, no, we, no you, well, you're well, sort of looking at me like we didn't have ice baths back when no, I... But, no, we, we, but, we, you know, if somebody... Did, said, you, well, you wouldn't have gone from an ice bath to 12 o'clock at night, would you? Um, would you? I'd have done what it takes. I used to... me. I mean, you're looking at me like I've, you know, played in Not the three 1920s. Not three pints of lager in a Christmas. No, I, I used to... Uh, I used to... Uh, <laughs> well, there was, there was that as well. <laughs> so I used to have ice but I used to sit in an ice bath for 12, 14 minutes on, right. you know, on an afternoon, at, often after training, and then I used to go home, lie in bed freezing all afternoon, get a hot water bottle and try and warm up. But no, we used to, you know... Right. It's, you know, it's an important part of the process. Players did used to prepare yeah. properly sort of a few years ago oh, uh, as well. Okay. But but no, I, I think the bottom line is it's a, it's a testament to him. But, you, you know, most of the most Premier League players sort of care enough and, and understand, the, you mm. know, the need for, for, for preparation and then after the game doing the right thing. Mm. It's it's not about sort of 10 pints of lager and a packet of crisps, <laughs> as quite said anymore. Well, Salah settled the game with his, uh, with his interventions late on. Would Liverpool have won it if Ibrahim, Ibrahima Kanate been sent off as he should have been. Oh, as a, as a pivotal moment. Klopp was smart as anything, wasn't it? And he was uh, he was on to it. He knew he got away with one. Um, and, th- th- you know, once again, we're sort of back into the uh, the consistency or the inconsistency yeah. debate of, of refereeing. I think I think Liverpool did get away with one there because Everton could have sneaked it. The, 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 I was just putting my glasses on to make myself look more intelligent now. Like you just said, uh, the Gary Lineker um, I, I don't I don't think it's going to work. No, it's not going to, is it? Um, just read you a quote from Sean Dyche, I don't agree with the VAR rules on things like this. That today is where VAR should have stepped in and said, no, yellow, yellow, yellow. In a game of this magnitude, mm. this is where VAR should be to correct things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's... I would agree with Sean Dyche on that. Uh, you know, that's a procedural thing, isn't it? They can't in- interfere with, uh, you know, with the with the yellow card. I think it's only mm. red card situations. And, and Everton were really wronged. And... You're probably going to say to me that Everton, you know, weren't going to win the game, weren't going to score a goal anyway. But I think they were in with a with with a chance. They they were resilient, Everton. Uh, you know, they dug in, and you just you just never know. So Liverpool did get away with one there. Yeah, I'm going to say to you, they weren't going to win the game and they weren't going to score a goal. Yeah, but you can't, you, you can't yes. say, had, had uh, you, you think the first few seconds of the game, Calvert-Lewin, who's such a prolific header of, uh, of a football, had he just gone back across Allison, he headed it straight at him, didn't he? I mean, the, so, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go that far. That was the only thing Allison had to do all game. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss, but that was largely down to evidence, um, you know, being a being a man took, down. took both the swingers off for half time. Yeah, but you can't say you can't say that Liverpool got it's, away it's, with it's, one it's, there. It's a derby. You've got to go yeah. for it in the derby. You've got to go um, for it in the derby. Well, you don't. You have to stay in the game. That was that was the plan. Mm. Everton, you know, aren't capable of going toe to toe with Liverpool. They I didn't. didn't. Say they were. They, they, didn't. No, but they, they were well organised, and they could have ended up. Liverpool got away with one. We can't. We can't sort of dispute that really can we they got, well they got away with one in terms of winning the game uh, no with Canate oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah and then you know and that's yeah. that they, they got they got fortunate and even even with the you know I'm not going to say they got fortunate with the penalty uh, one with the handball but because I do think that was a um, you know a, uh, a penalty and the correct decision but you know I can understand Everton 
mm. being a bit frustrated. Well, talking of un- unemployed keepers, because that's what Alisson was, um, let's look at the <laughs> the goalkeepers at Arsenal and Chelsea, because I think the situation now with, with Arsenal has, has become a farce. Mm. I thought David Raya's performance was jittery. Yeah. Um, I think Aaron Ramsdale has, has been very, very harshly treated. And I think Michael Arteta has made himself a made a rod for his own back here that was wholly avoidable. Yeah, um, he's looking like he... Is it fair to say he told a bit of a porky at the the, the start that, they, you know, he's going to balance it out a bit like, you know, Brighton have done between, um, you know, with, with, with their two keepers, a couple of games for one, a couple of games for the other. I think, I, I, I really do think, I agree with you on this, I think it could be an Achilles heel for uh, Mikel Arteta, his um, persistence to... do to to carry on playing mm. Raya. I've always felt Ramsdale was the better goalkeeper yeah. and then we're going, you know, down to the sort of, well, Raya's better with his feet argument. And I just, I do, I do wonder whether whether Raya has sort of cottoned on to the feeling that, um, that there's a lot of Arsenal fans out there who are thinking, well, do you know what? This guy's our number two. He shouldn't be playing in goal ahead of uh, Ramsdale and that may be affecting... Him a little bit, so... Yeah, well, the, 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 the Man City game, there was a back pass that he looked really jittery on. It was the same mm. again on, on Saturday when the, the ball's coming back to him and he's you, you can see he's tensing up. Um, I think that sort of spreads around, that'll start spreading around the team. Um, I just don't think it was a, a situation that they needed to put themselves into. I've seen, you're right. Um, I've seen it with Liverpool when they had... Um, Simon Mignolet and Lorius Carriers. We're not so, comparing. Come on, we're, no, we're, not, we're not comparing. No, I'm, I'm not comparing you know, Mignolet and Carriers. We're talking. Let me finish. Yeah, we're talking look, different. You bet you don't do this to Ladyman, do you? But he, you bet you allow him to to finish. Uh, or no? Sometimes. No. And what I'm saying is, a situation doesn't work. Um. So you're talking about the principle of the situation, yeah. are you? Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't. I, do you know? I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think it can work. I don't think. I don't think Arteta is. Uh, you know, when when Raya came in, has has actually said what he was going to do. He hasn't carried that out because it's been Raya. It's just been Raya, Raya, Raya. Mm-hmm. I think Ramsdale's had the odd game where, if you look at uh, look at Brighton, and there has been a sort of balancing off with Steele and Verbruggen v- yeah. uh, in terms of the number of games that they've played. But but I do think I, I, I don't see. I do think Arteta's thinking outside the box, and and I, I don't mind that because it's all about uh, it's all about small margins, and I don't see why the goalkeeping situation should be any different to an outfield player's situation where you need competition for places. But having said all that, I do think that this uh, this may have affected. Reyes sort of psychologically yeah. because of the pressure on him now that he, you know he knows the scrutiny is on him, and Ramsdale's been unfortunate. You can't get away from that. He, he is, a, in my opinion, he's a better goalkeeper. I thought, as that. And I thought he spoke really impressively after the um, after he'd been away with England last week. He, uh, the, the the guys you yeah. spoke to, he was there with them for fifteen minutes of his own volition. You know, yeah. wasn't put up by a press officer. Really wanted to speak. He's a very impressive lad, Aaron Ramsdale. But um, mm. just reading some Mail Online comments, uh, Max One says Arteta seems to be getting some huge decisions wrong at the moment and overcomplicating things. Ray and Ramsdale are very similar ability wise, so there was no need to rock the boat for a marginal update, a, a marginal upgrade at best. So Max is thinking like I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, well done, Max. Yes. Lucky well, guys. <laughs> Fake Blast says, 
Arteta has created his own uncertainties in the squad by using a method he thought will work. Suddenly Arsenal has a problematic position when somehow there wasn't somehow there wasn't one in the first place. Um Yeah, maybe so. Mm. 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 Maybe. Anyway, um draw a right result on Saturday? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, I think Arsenal will feel that they got away with one a little bit, but you know, showing a bit of resilience mm. to to get back into the game. I mean, our producer uh, thinks that that the, the the water there was a waterlogged pitch. I didn't see it like he saw, it, and that affected uh, Arsenal more than it did. Chelsea, I don't know what our producer Henry is on, uh, but that's a that's a strange take. I think he wanted me to get this into the uh, yes, into right. the conversation, but well, I think we, should we just carry we move, on, move on swiftly? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's a game that Chelsea will absolutely um, won't be able to understand how they, they they didn't take three points. But I want to ask you about Cole Palmer, right? Who took the penalty? For the life of me, I cannot understand. Why Manchester City sold him in the summer? Oh, I mean, do, do you know what? From from what from what I've seen of him, or what I saw of him at Manchester City, I get what you're saying, okay. But then you're talking about, you know, you're sort of questioning Pep's decision making there, mm? aren't you? I am. So you're saying I'm not allowed so to do he, that. No, no, no. Of course, of, of course you are. But why? Why? Why then? You, you know, he, he so. He must be, he must be deficient with something in Pep's mind, whether it's whether it's True. fitting into the Pep Guardiola style of play, whatever it is. But you know, on, yeah, on the that, face of things, I do I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was a, a huge moment given everything that he'd done with the England's under twenty ones in the summer, how he played in the European Super Cup, the the, the talk that's been around him for a, a number of mm-hmm. years in terms of through the academy and whatnot. Um, I'm not comparing him to Foden, but I just think it's important in this day and age. For clubs, if they've got somebody, a local lad who is clearly of Premier League class, to give them every opportunity to succeed at their home team, uh, I, I, I don't see it. You, you know, he's got to be good enough. And while he's a talented player, I mean, how can we sit here at this moment in time, sort of questioning Pep Guardiola, who, I, you know, he. he Champions League winner last season, won the Premier League for the last, however, what three seasons, whatever, whatever it is. And question, he doesn't get a lot wrong. No, he, do, he, so, he doesn't. So, so, so maybe should we should we um, wait a bit longer no, before do we? You know what? One, cast one, judgment? Th- one thing that I, I, I would really like to say about Guardiola is the level that he can improve a player is extraordinary. I remember going to Bayern Munich once, and um, was waiting for to do an interview. Me and Jamie Carragher were there. This is it's going back ten years now. You love a name drop, don't you? Well, you know, you, you can hear, hear a clang in a minute. It's just like to show who I'm mixing with. Um, <laughs> um, we were, we were. Pep had just gone to to Bayern, um, and he'd done a session with the first team, and things were being put away. And at the far end of Sabernastrasse, there was four eighty under eighteen lads just having a kick around, whatever. Pep's walking back to the the main hub, and he catches the, the four lads over his shoulder. And he looks, and then he looks again, and something's clearly irked him. And these these lads were just having a mess around and whatever. And he got them into position and went through this drill with them and wanted mm. to get the very best out of them, even in this tiny little situation. I thought it was an amazing uh, insight into his character yeah. in terms of the, the pursuit of perfection. 
clearly Cole Palmer has got um, talent, and I, I wonder why he didn't want to pursue sort of opportunity to make him better, like the way he yeah. did with Foden. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, th- th- this is one where I think it's a wait and see, and, and, and let's see how Cole Palmer uh, progresses. I tell you, a dilemma Pep does have, and as uh, as as Ladyman isn't on this week, and we just it, he he came up with this sort of notion last week and I don't know your view on it that Jack Grealish doesn't take players on anymore he takes the easy option what I would say okay I I think he went early on that but after watching Doku at the weekend I think Grealish is in a bit of bother in terms of holding down uh, where I think he was first choice last season I think I think Doku has overtaken him and I think I'm not am I saying he's going to struggle to get the game when they're playing so many games but I think Doku has that position on the left hand side for Manchester City nailed down in front of Grealish if you think I'm going to sit in this chair today and agree with something that Ladyman said <laughs> you can not think many it, you do. Can not, think ma- again. not many do. But um, that, I think that I, I really think that that's one to watch. And where he had a, a bit of a point, we don't want to give him too much credit. No, but, but I do no, think that sort of at the weekend he, he came on Grealish and where Docker was getting the ball direct running. Uh, I mean, he destroyed James Milner in the first half. But when Grealish came on, he was a bit safe. He must be a little bit worried, Jack. Mm, I think he's improved as a player massively. Mm. Well, let's Pep, just, 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 just Ladyman may be onto something. I'm just going to go back quickly to, to Cole Palmer. Um, Brooksy uh, online, who's, who's posted on Mail Online. Poor from Raheem Sterling. Palmer scored a pen in the last game. He is clearly the penalty taker. What on earth is Sterling doing? How can that help the penalty taker? Enzo clearly told Sterling to get out, get out of the way and give the ball to Palmer. So this is, yeah. this is um, Palmer taking the situation by the scruff of the neck and want the who penalty. Was that, who, was that, who was that person? Brooksy Online. Brooksy uh, Online. So what I'd say to Brooksy Online is this. I think he's right what he's saying, but we don't actually know. They, they, they must have a designated penalty taker. It seemed to me because of Enzo Fernandez getting involved and saying, well, mm. you know, Cole Palmer, for Cole Palmer to take it, that Cole Palmer must have been the designated one. So, so Raheem Sterling on the face of things, that's a bit naughty. Yeah, from him. But also, and going but back to me, I'm going back to my Cole Palmer fan club this morning, but I think that showed um, it was a tremendously taken penalty. Um, showed his confidence. Well, 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 what's yeah. he supposed to do? No, it's good. No, it's in a, in a, in a high yeah. pressure situation like that, when your team no, hasn't the, been, you know, finding its way. No, coming from somebody who's missed a fair few penalties over the years, it was you? yeah, well, well executed. Yeah, I thought I'd get in there before <laughs> well, you. When, did. When, when, did you want, do you want to talk anywhere? No, no? not no? really. Uh, how long have we got? It's only a short podcast. Well, so shall we move on? Yes, but how did the, the the penalty came about? It was a handball, and it's been a weekend for contentious handball decisions. Um, or not? No, I, do you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not being. I don't know your view on them all. I, do, I don't have a problem with any of the penalties awarded uh, this weekend because they're subjective calls, and I think the confusion um, around penalties is there are so many different criteria yeah. which, which you know, the referees have to you know take into account. Um, and I think simply at the weekend, the penalties were awarded because of the position of the arm and and being outside yeah. a, a silhouette. And uh, uh, do, do I think some of them are harsh on the face of it? Yes. Do you? Um, I don't think. Well, any of them were- well, so 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 for example, like the uh, Saliba one, where there was a deflection, his arm is out, hits him on the arm. But it, you know, it's it's 
referees will say, well, we're following the guidelines, mm. we're following the criteria. But then mm. there's other parts of the criteria where the the distance the ball travels, the you know, the speed of the ball. So there's all those different things. But well, but as long as there's consistency, I think yeah. we accept that. Well, I was going to say to you, so how do we get rid of subjectivity? Uh, well, we can't. Why? Well, well, we can't with with, with uh, we can't with penalties, can we? There, there has there has to be some sort of order. I mean, you've got the shirt sleeve one, haven't you? Yeah. If the you ball know, hits you above, a, you know what the I think is a problem now. Every time a ball touches somebody on the arm, you automatically think penalty, and when it's not given, I do. I, 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 I think I, 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 I think Vars created that that sort of. Why don't you? Why, I don't why are you because. Um, Why are you looking at me like well, I've never just, seen a game of football give, in my life? Give me another fifteen minutes. I'll be looking at you <laughs> more strangely. Um, so you, so but we are talking about it. I, I, I think like this. So if the, if the arms are next to your body, yeah. right? If if you keep your arms in and the ball hits you on the arm, a penalty will not be awarded against sure. you as long as, as long as the ball has travelled far enough. Really. That 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 that's what I think. If you you look at the ones at the weekend, it's all about the position of the arms, the arms up, and then and then there's this argument. Well, you know, uh, is it a natural movement? So Saliba's trying to attack the ball. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's a cross ball, and his arms have to be out. But I I do I do think that you know, in, with regards to the cr- the criteria, referees will always be criticised for a, a certain part of it, and and you know the subjectivity yeah. part of it, and that and that's why at the weekend. You know, I understand yeah. the goals. How can you defend properly um, and not put your hands up to jump? Um, so while while I you know totally understand what you're saying and the, and the importance for leverage, uh, you know, to to get up and jump higher and spring, um, you know that. <laughs> There have to be guidelines which are, which are followed and criteria which are followed, and as long as there's consistency with them, I think that that players and managers will understand that they might not agree with everything, but yeah. as long as there is consistency, and it's the lack of consistency this not just this season, but you know yeah. last season as well, which well, is the frustrating factor. Yeah, I mean that that's where I'm I'm going to agree with you. Unfortunately, I but I just think the way. The game has gone since VAR's been introduced that I automatically think now that everything that's going to touch somebody's arm in the, in the box is going to end up in a penalty. And I'm almost surprised when it's not. And I think that's more mm. about the rules and the way the game has gone rather than sort of um, the officiating of it or actual defending. I just think there's, there's that much confusion. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, let's, let's take a quick breather from football to introduce you to Mail Sports' brand new boxing podcast, The Hook. Welcome to The Hook. A new boxing podcast from Mel Sports. Little skinny leg super noodle will have to do. Nail me to the canvas. You're 40 years of age. Dress yourself, age. Each week we'll be joined by the biggest names in boxing and MMA. I always want to make sure that I'm doing my exciting fights, challenging myself against the best. Not to mention promoters, trainers and the odd celebrity fighter. He really is the chosen one. We chose him to get his ass beat. You'll also get the latest news from ringside. Oh, damn, what am I doing here? I wish I could go home right now. And the lowdown from inside the camps. Even if you're at the highest level, there's more. I'm Alex McCarthy. I'm Charlotte Daly. And this is The Hook. That sounds that sounds brilliant. Oh, it, sounds it does. Really- yeah. Uh, do, do you know? I don't. I don't follow my boxing as much as I did back in the. I'm sounding like I'm really old. I'm not that you old. No, no you know. Back in the day, the the Nigel Ben, Chris Eubank, yeah. uh, Collins era. I mean, that was phenomenal. I think. I think. Uh, who, who would your favourite ever boxer be? Well, I love Barry McGuigan when I was growing up. Barry Absolutely love yeah. Barry McGuigan. I used to used to make my dad put cushions up his jumper, and I had a pair of boxing gloves, and I used to hem them in and give them, <laughs> batter them around yeah, the living room. You never became a boxer. Well, Nig- no. Nigel Ben would be my. He, yeah. he he was so courageous, you know, and so he used to get knocked down so many times. But yeah. I thought he was. Yeah, no, phenomenal. I, I can't wait to hear more uh, of that. Yeah. I, I have a feeling though that you might want to give me a right hook now, when mm. I t- start talking to you about this, Unai Emery against Roberto De Zerbi. How does this measure up? What, why are we? Why are we? Well, why are we so doing I'm, this? I'm, I'm, we are doing this because. Why do we have? No. Why do we have to do this? Because I, I don't. I don't. So just, gonna, just no. Just hear me out right, first, okay. okay? So I don't know which way you're going to go on this, okay? okay? And I don't. I don't know which way you're going to go on this. But why can't we just appreciate both managers for what they've achieved at, at their clubs just for now why do, why do okay. we have, why do we have to have right. a competition it, well, for a start it's not a competition okay right. maybe maybe this is me being a bit of a curmudgeon okay but Probably. i get kind of i get kind of sort of um a little bit fired up when I sort of see somebody's being billed as the next, the next. So the Zerbi against. But that's you. No, it's that's not. you. No, it's that's Ladyman. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's I never, Matt Barlow. No, it's not. Stop. Be, stop casting aspersions, will you? Will you let me finish and speak? Um, before uh, on on Saturday, you were at the game, um, Man City against Brighton. Everyone's saying about the Zerbi. He's the next Guardiola. There was there was a, there was a, a bit that, of a narrative. Are you going to let me? Will you stop? Will you stop pulling this face and let me finish? Go on. There was, there was a lot of talk about the Zerbi. Anyway, Pep Guardiola is very complimentary about him. Okay. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to lead you. Uh, read you a couple of results since um, since May. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? I've done my research. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah. Just, no, I'm not disputing okay. that. This is ridiculous. So since since May the eighth. Brighton have lost 5-1 against Everton, 4-1 against Newcastle, 3-1 against West Ham, 6-1 against Aston Villa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still talk about the he's been he's doing this, he's revolution and things like that. He is a he's a superb football manager. 
and what he's done in lifting. It doesn't pro- sound like he's a superb football manager. You just baseball better than him. Are you going to let, let me finish? I think there's areas in which he needs to improve, and I don't think Unai Emery, who's done an absolutely amazing job at Aston Villa, to taking them into a team that I think could probably finish in the top four this season. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I don't think people give him the credit. I don't know whether it's because he's had the experience at Arsenal, but I don't. I don't know who you who you're actually mixing with. They must be an unsavoury bunch, you know. They, so they don't give uh, Mo Salah credit. Don't no. give Unai Emery credit. I I do not. I do not get, and I do not understand the criticism of Deserby because he's manager with the great disrespect of Brighton. Okay, and you 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 look at Brighton's journey. Yes. Okay, Chris Hutton, uh, Graham Potter, where you know both managers did pretty well there, but you know brand of football. Graham Potter got you know a few accolades for it, but Deserby taken it to another level mm. of play. And when Pep Guardiola comes out, and you know, I mean, you're sort of dismissing Pep again uh, today. Well, well, Pep I mean, Guardiola well, well, has come out and he said that uh, I think that the Brighton are the best team. Uh, uh, build up play uh, uh, in, <laughs> in the world okay so right. so Pepper said that and you're dismissing what Pep said so there's different ways to win games of football there and is. it's all about it's all about the sort of end result and Brighton are an unbelievable team to watch then you look at uh, the whole the whole Brighton model. Brighton have sold for heaven's sake. Yeah. Their best players over the summer: McAllister, Casado, Kukurea's gone yeah. uh, in the. Uh, not that he's uh, tearing up any trees, but the fact of the matter is, is it's a seamless transition. Young players we've never heard of are coming into the team, and they are still playing the same way. They are brilliant to watch. They score a lot of goals, and the consequence is is that they are conceding some as well. And it's something which I'm sure Deserby wants to address. But how you can sit there and be critical of Brighton is beyond me. There's different ways to win games of football. What do you want to do? Do you want to park the bus, two buses, three buses, build a wall? Deserby's not doing that. Other other managers go up into the Premier League and, uh, and they put teams out just to defend deep and bore the arse off you. Uh, right. But Deserby's doing it a different way and we are criticising... Well, I'm not criticising him and you are I'm, daring to do that? Really? <laughs> You've got All right. We spoke on Saturday morning. Yes. What score did you say Man City had beat Brighton? <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on, say it. That's <laughs> what, what did Six you say? Two. Thank you. And I Six said 4-1. Yeah, but that's Manchester City. Right, okay. okay. We, we, both, we, both, we both thought they conceded a lot of goals. I'm, right, glad, I'm glad, having said, I'm glad you uh, you read my predictions. My predictions, I don't know whether you saw Ladyman's effort at predictions. He, he was pretty woeful. He won't be coming back. But, but no. Hang but on that's a Manchester City. Hang on a second. I am not, not criticising him. I think what he's, you're, you're right. Everything that he's done in terms of taking Brighton forward, I just think they concede too many goals. I don't think. Do you not think he uh, he's slightly concerned about that as well? But 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 he's probably thinking, well, I just want to win a game. How am I going to do that by playing this way? We are we are provoking a press. We want teams to press us to get after us. And we are courageous enough to play through them. Do you know what? Brighton in the first half of Manchester City at the weekend at the Etihad, they got the biggest doing in the first half I've ever seen them get. And I was thinking this could end up being yeah. a, a cricket score second half. Um, 
I mean, they were they were they were excellent and actually nearly got themselves back into the game. Gross playing in that sort of uh, deeper role in in midfield became more prominent. Lewis Dunk's passing is, uh, do you know, as a centre half, I cannot. I mean, you'll shoot me down. I cannot think of many better long range passes of no. a, of a football in 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 the Premier League. No, I'd era. agree with you. I'd agree with you. I'd agree with mm. you on on that. I just think that all right, if you're if a Champions League job comes up tomorrow and you're the chairman, who do you go for, Emery or Deserby? But why are you doing? Why are you doing it's this? A you, 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 well, what do you mean? Why am I doing if, it? If you're a, a debate. I, I think Emery's done a, a phenomenal yeah. job at Aston Villa. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sort of saying Deserby or Emery. I think if you're going for. Champions League experience. You might look at deserve, uh, sorry. You might look at Emery's record, Europa League record, and think, well, you know, he's got more nows in Europe. But why not? Why not Deserby? Why not Deserby? Why not Emery? Why not Emery? <laughs> but can we? I think we can both agree on the 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 the. the, the the two excellent managers with the well, great you have not said that I, no, I, that's I, a misrepresentation just, it's not, it's not a, a misrepresentation I think his teams I think there's just little areas that he can finesse I'm going to pick as my moment of the weekend Mauricio Pochettino keeping a straight face when he said Mikhail Mudrik meant to score the goal <laughs> I wouldn't like to play cards against Mauricio Pochettino if, if that's what he genuinely believes yeah do, do you know what um uh, I'm totally with you on that, and and you know, I don't think you should be allowed to to celebrate a goal if you don't mean it. So, you, you know, I know he was happy. He said he he also celebrated like he sort of meant it as well. That was, come on. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask a question. You shouldn't be allowed to celebrate a but goal. Not like, not like the you big arms be, out. You like, shouldn't oh, be allowed to celebrate. No, you, you shouldn't should, be allowed to celebrate should, a goal you if you should, haven't scored. You should sort of walk back with embarrassment if you're meaning to cross it. Oh, yeah. I've heard some nonsense, and that might just. That, that, that. You shouldn't celebrate a goal. Well, not if you don't really mean it. Oh, stop. Chris, come on, you're better than that. I, well, I'm not actually. No. So, so do, do you want my moment of the weekend? Yes, please. Uh, so there is football outside the uh, of the Premier League. There is. You're going to talk so, about Scotland? No, 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 no. I'm going to talk about Dave Diaper. Do you know who he's? No. He was manager of Showling FC, 24 no. years as manager, and stepped out. I think that's phenomenal. There is 24 years. <laughs> 24 yeah. years as a manager, and he's he stepped down. But that's. That's total commitment. So it's not all about no. Premier League. It's no, not all it about isn't. Steven Gerrard. No, you mentioned him like eight times. It's not all about Jamie Carragher. It's about Dave Diaper you know and Sherling FC. That's like uh, the story. There was a, a manager at Marine called, you might remember this name, Rowley Howard. He was Kenny Dalglish's window cleaner. Oh, right. Yeah, he was, yeah, he mm. was uh, but he was manager of Marine for, I want to say like 30, 40 years. He mm. was an incredible figure and. um yeah, but they are—they're the type of people that yeah. uh, the lifeblood of our game. And, and what about Chris Waddle? Uh, like, t- t- talk of Chris Waddle making a comeback. Really? Yeah, he's registered for a club. I can't remember the name of the club. Up north somewhere. Right. I mean, I not, that, that, not that he sort of, you know was ever ever blessed with sort of great Hall- levels of Hallam fitness. FC. Hallam FC. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. And 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 lastly, moment of the week is you know my I think I mentioned this earlier though, my uh, Merseyside derby prediction. Ian Ladyman can learn a lot from me. Right. Well, that feels as good a place as any to finish. Um, thanks very much for joining us. 
You can find this podcast on all your usual platforms, and I'd like you to rate and review us if you could. Um, I think this is the part of the show that Ladyman spends half an hour trying to perfect. I'm not going to do that because it hasn't been perfect at all. You think you've seen that? Um, all I'm going to say is, I'm Dominic King. You're Chris Sutton. It's all kicking off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.